Shalom Tamar. Thank you so much for having me again today. I very much appreciate you and all your work, and I hope your perm has gone well. Uh, and Shalom to all the folks out listening today. Uh, in the past, we've spoken about uh, Gentiles, Noahides, uh, in the Torah. And last time we spoke about Noah. Uh, today, I'd like to kind of continue that discussion by talking to you about Yithro and sharing a little bit about him. As you're probably well aware, Yithro was the father-in-law of Moses. Uh, he was also the high priest of Midian, uh, which of course made Yithro an idol worshiper. Uh, in fact, uh, as priest of Midian, uh, he was also an advisor to Pharaoh, and of course uh, Egypt uh, was a nation of idol worship. Oddly enough, when we read the Torah from a Jewish publisher, we find that one of the weekly readings, known as the weekly Parsha, is named after Yithro. This, my friends, is very significant, and quite frankly, an incredible choice, given the fact that Yithro was not even a Jew. More fascinating still is that the portion named after Yithro includes the account of the divine revelation at Mount Sinai or the giving of the Torah. Now, this is undoubtedly the greatest moment in the history of Israel and, quite frankly, of, of all mankind. There is no event in history that can equal this divine moment in time which brought the nation of Israel into existence. So why are the Ten Commandments found in a portion named after a Gentile, a Midianite priest? What is so special about Yithro? For the answers to this question, we start by looking at Exodus 18.1, where it says, Now Yithro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses, and for Israel, his people. How God had brought Israel out of Egypt, and in verse 10, Yithro said, Praised be God, who has saved you from the hand of Egypt and from the hand of Pharaoh. The Talmudic sages deduce a striking halakha from Parsha Yithro, and specifically verse 10, where in Barakot 54a it says, From where is this rule of blessing on miracles derived? And it goes on to say that because Scripture says, And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you, etc. In Exodus 18, 9-11, Yithro expressed joy because of all the good that God had done for Israel in rescuing them from Egypt's power. He said, Praised be God who rescued you from the power of Egypt and Pharaoh, who liberated the people from Egypt's power. And now I know that God is greater than all the gods. Now, Yithro's blessings in this fashion are the basis for Psalm 117, which says, Praise God, all nations, praise God, all the states, for his kindness has overwhelmed us, and the truth of Hashem is eternal. Hallelujah. Yithro's blessings, in essence, foreshadow the truest, Kiddush Hashem, when the divine name shall be exalted and sanctified in the eyes of the Gentiles. Another significant role that Yithro played was in telling Moses about a more effective means of administering justice. One of the reasons this was such an invaluable bit of advice is because it served as a strength preserver for Moses. 
Yithro saw that Moses was teaching and judging the entire nation by himself. But Yithro, unafraid to admonish him, said in Exodus 18, 17-22, What you are doing is not good. You are going to wear yourself out along with this nation that is with you. Your responsibility is too great. You cannot do it alone. Yithro goes on to say that you shall discern from among the entire people, men of accomplishment, God-fearing people, men of truth, people who despise money, and you shall appoint them leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, and leaders of tens. This contribution from Yithro places him on an extraordinary level. In effect, Yithro the Gentile teaches Moses, one of the most prolific leaders in the history of mankind, the administrative technique critical to establishing a nation to be governed in accordance with Torah doctrine. Furthermore, Yithro's action provides an indelible contrast to the closing chapter of the previous week's Parsha reading, uh, Beshla, in which the Torah records the fanatical war waged against the Israelites by Amalek, which Amalek is a predatory nation which has come to personify unmitigated evil because of its merciless attack against a tired people wandering on a journey towards freedom. The Amalekites had nothing to gain except the sadistic satisfaction of annihilating a defenseless people. Jews are therefore commanded to erase all traces of this bloodthirsty tribe, either physically or spiritually. Well, you may be asking, well, how do they do that? Well, one of the ways that they can do this is by getting them to adopt the seven Noahide laws. And if Amalek accepts these seven Noahide laws and lives by them, they would no longer be Amalekites. This is from uh, Rambam's Mishnah Torah, Law of Kings, chapter 6. Now, contrasted with the darkness of Amalek is the light of Yithro. Not only is Yithro not bent on destroying Israel, in fact, he is the perfect ally, a Gentile who understands the mission of the Jews, who is cognizant of the one true God and his presence in the world through the Jewish people. This leads us to another reason why this partial reading is named after Yithro the Gentile, and that is to impress upon the world how universal the Torah really is. Mount Sinai is not only an encounter between God and Israel, but points towards the realm of encounter between God and all existence, all of his creation. Now Yithro eventually returns to Midian, but he never stops praising the miracles of the God of Israel to the, all the people of Midian. He goes back to Midian and shares all of this new revelation with all of Midian. Yithro keeps alive this message of greatness of the one true God and he truly demonstrates the possibility of this message reaching throughout the world. The passage which includes the revelation of Mount Sinai is, is also named after Yithro the Gentile because it holds out the hope that just as Yithro was moved by God's miracles and his Torah, so too will all the nations of the world be moved. But even more so, just as Yithro contributes 
crucial elements to the survival of the Jewish people, so too should the nations of the world be willing to contribute in their own way to the survival of Israel. Well, I hope you enjoyed this uh, little lesson about Ethro. Uh, in closing, uh, many of you have taken advantage of the free membership being offered to you at Noahide Nations. But this week it was realized that this was spring break and a lot of folks you know, were on vacations, did family outings, and uh, really haven't been uh, able to even replay the broadcast, let alone take advantage of the offer. So, in the spirit of the Purim season, I will extend this offer for another week. So just go to NoahideNations.com, go into the store and create an account for yourself. As soon as you submit it, you will be getting an email with your username, password, and instructions for entering the online virtual learning center. And when in this center, you can go in and listen to live instructors teach about the Noahide laws. And please do encourage your friends and relatives to take advantage of this gift. So until next week, folks, have a wonderful week. And once again, tomorrow, thank you so much for everything that you do. Shavuot Tov.